Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. today is starting a property management company and how much to charge and how to build a team. And to help me um, discover um, and, and talk about this, I have a studio guest today. Her name is Kathleen uh, Richards. She is a uh, CEO and president of Portola Property Management. And also she's a founder of propertymanagementcoach.com. I'll let Kathleen introduce yourself and uh, Kathleen can you tell us a little bit about kind of who you are where you came from and how you come to be come from your kind of journey from property manager to a property management coach yes thank you for having me on your show today Alex I appreciate that um, so yes I am the CEO of Portola Property Management which is located in Santa Cruz California and I've owned that business for 10 years Prior to that, I worked in Silicon Valley, so I have a background in technology and finance and, and business, which has helped me tremendously in developing and growing my company. Um, I think of my little companies like a Fortune 500, and I use the same things I used in high tech in my little business, and that's helped quite a bit. Um, and over 10 years, um, I've taught a lot of classes at community colleges, um, at conferences, and things of that nature. And I found that a lot of people, especially from conferences, and I know you participate heavily in the property management industry and at conferences, there's um, a lot of new people coming into the industry that really don't have a formal education in property management, and they're kind of just learning as they go. So I went to school and did a program for 10 months, and I'm now a certified coach, and I've started over the years kind of coaching my coworkers and colleagues in the property management field and coaching a lot of individual people that manage their own properties. They take my classes at the colleges and then they want to know how to do things. So that's kind of how I evolved into being a business coach so that I can help my industry colleagues get up to speed quicker. I mean, I've been doing this 10 years I don't want someone to have to spend 10 years to get to where I'm at. You know, the whole point is you can learn from each other and get there a lot quicker and more profitably and be able to grow and not have to struggle and work so hard along the way. Got you, Kathy. Well, thank you for that. that that's pretty pretty awesome. So why don't we jump right in it? Okay. Um, so how much to charge? When somebody starting a property management company, um, how would they go about determining their fee structure? And how would they uh, potentially, hopefully, create it for the future growth and, and, and put their fee structure in a way that will, will help their company not only grow, but also be competitive, but not give away too much and, and end up with uh, little profits or no profits 
um, and having to change their fee structure. Although I'm pretty sure people change their fees quite often. Do they? Do they not? Um, from my experience and in talking with colleagues, most people don't, mm-hmm. which is, you should be. <laughs> um, I'd like to s- start out by saying there's a money mindset that people have when they run a business. And um, it comes from how we view money. Um, And I know over the years of going to conferences, I've always hired a bit of a debate about, you know, there's a group of people that are always kind of looking at new revenue sources and new ways to introduce services and value added things. And then there's other people that are always say, but if I do that, I'll lose my clients. If I raise my prices, I'll lose my clients. What's really happening is that they have a money mindset that they don't feel they're valuable enough to charge that. Because I can tell you the first thing I did when I bought my business, he had a lowball price and that's what attracted people. But when you have set your prices too low, the quality of owners and the quality of properties you're gonna get are gonna be low too. You're gonna get the cheapest owners that don't wanna spend a dime on their property, so you're gonna be dealing with maintenance issues all the time, and your stress level goes up a lot, and you're fighting with these owners. And when I've spoken over the years with other property managers, I'm saying you've gotta cut out those sort of owners. Raise your prices, increase your value, but you need to feel it yourself. If you are confident in that you are an expert in your field, and you're the best in your area, and you offer these different services, people sense that, and they will pay it. I know in my area, I am by far not the cheapest person, yet my business has grown, my clients stay with me, they see the value when I introduce new products and services, and they pay it. And and nobody questions or tries to talk me down, will you accept less? Um, And in the old days when people would say, oh, well, I went to another company and this is what they said they would offer and would you lower your price? I very confidently say, no, this is what my prices are and this is why I appreciate you have a budget and you're welcome to shop and maybe at some point in the future we might be able to work together. That's kind of a scary thing for a newbie to do. You know, it's like... They have no leg to stand on. Right. They have nothing. They have no referrals coming in and and, and, uh, nothing going on. If they're doing some pay-per-click, it's always going to be a competitive lead. Usually these guys go buy leads from like all property management or managementproperty.com. They'll pay for the lead. It'll go to five other sources. They have to win the business somehow. The other side of that coin, Kathleen, um, is having a, a price point that is low enough to attract uh, attract a buyer, but also have auxiliary services mm-hmm. where you make money on. Because yes. look, look, I have some very successful property management companies that have also a contracting business. They don't really do con- construction, but they do some remodeling. They don't do new construction, that's development. But they do remodeling, and they actually lead with that service, uh, you know, rehabbing properties for investors. So that is, that is an incredible kind of a, uh, um, opportunity for them to have a flat fee and then have an additional revenue sources. So, like you say, okay, you don't want the rundown properties, but it all, all comes down to a strategy. Yes, Cause, it cause, does. Because I have guys who want the rundown properties. They want the beat down investment the, home. Right. Go ahead. But the difference is, and I have a maintenance company as well. Oh, you do. I okay. do as one of my oh, revenue I sources. That. I do. That's really cool. So it's not that I don't want properties that are beaten down. It's the quality of owner. 
okay? I want an owner that comes to me because they see the expertise that I offer, that I have an in-house maintenance department, that I'm willing to rehab and remodel it, but they've also are willing to write the check. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to chew me down and go, oh, my God, that's too expensive. I could go down the street and get some guy on the street to do the work for, you know, a quarter of the price. I see. That's okay. not the owner I want to work with. So in Santa Cruz, we don't have a whole lot of new construction. So, um, we do is the whole reason why I developed in-house maintenance departments that we could be on top of it all the time. We also have good surf. So a lot of the tradespeople, when surf's up, they're not available. And so I kind of got tired of feeling like I was at the whim of my vendors if they showed up when they said they were going to or not. So I developed an in-house maintenance department. So Kathleen, for the people who are just starting out, yes. they have, as we established, no leg to stand on. Okay, mm-hmm. They have no experience to go, go fall back on. Not to say we've been doing this for 20 years, my price is the price. How would they approach setting up the price, the, the price matrix for the Okay, business? so what I would do is I would call around the other property management companies in your area and do a little research. See what people are charging. Have them send their packet of information um, like they would to anybody else and see what services they're offering, what they're charging, and then you decide where you want to fit within that model. Okay. Also look at maybe what your expertise is. If you are new to property management and you're transitioning from a different career, as I did, okay? What were my strengths? What were the other things that I could offer? Um, When I bought the company, the prior property manager had one low price and everything was under it. When I, you know, I have a finance background, so when I started putting paper to pencil, there was no way I was making money. No way. So the first thing I did was I uncoupled that for one price, you get everything, and this price was so low that owners had unrealistic expectations of what everything meant. So the first thing I did was I uncoupled that. I then had my management fee, okay, that was very competitive with everybody's else. And then I started putting prices on individual services. Like what? Give me an example. Okay, so I have my management fee, and then outside of that, I charge for when I go do walkthroughs or inspections of the properties. Okay. We also set up a pet program. Santa Cruz is very pet-friendly, owner, which I would recommend people to do. It's been fantastic for us. It's We get a lot of business from it because other property management companies don't like to deal with pets or whatever. Yeah, most people don't. That is a competitive advantage it's in itself. It's huge. Yeah. And you get more rent, and we have a lot of professionals in our area, a lot of empty nesters. So if you automatically cut out pets, your market becomes very narrow. So we have a program that we instituted, and um, we charge the tenants for it. We go and inspect two times a year, and we build the tenants. And guess what? Responsible people are more than happy to pay you to come walk through. We take pictures, write a little report, send it to the owner, and the owner's like, cool, I'll allow pets. I'm not paying for it, and you're going in twice a year checking it. So that sort of thing, right? Um, We also do preventative maintenance once a year, a big preventative maintenance. And initially, I had contractors doing it, and now I have an in-house maintenance person goes through the properties we do a full report with photos we send to the owner so it's a very nice almost looks like an appraisal but it's not because that we're not licensed to do that and we charge for that um that is actually very good i have not heard anyone do that have you um have you met a lot of people that do that the the walk through for preventative maintenance no i started doing it because so many of my properties um really when i bought the business needed to be brought up to a certain level and, and I was just spinning my wheels. It, it, it was just me, right? So 
I'm on call 24 hours a day. My phone's ringing for this. And, and so I had to get control of the maintenance side of the business. That, that is really clever. Kathleen. Because that yeah. takes a ton of your time. So then by initially doing that, we were able to go in and correct things. Because tenants aren't going to tell you necessarily when things are going wrong because they're afraid the rent's going to go up. So it took a lot of education on my part with the tenants that your rent's not going to go up. You're paying a lot of rent. You know, our area is very expensive. You're paying a lot of rent. You deserve to have things working in your home. Also, to get owners, and some of the older curmudgeon owners say, oh, you're looking for things to go wrong, right? But once you kind of get them on board and they realize that overall their maintenance costs annually go down substantially because you're fixing the little things before they become bigger, and you sell it to your owners that you're in the property, and then if they've got a pet in there, you're in the property two times. So in one year, you're in that property three times. No. You're able to see what's going on and nip little things in the bud. So my owners love that. That is excellent. So, so far, you have a management fee. You have that pet program. Mm -hmm. You have, um, what, what, do you, what would you call this? The preventative maintenance mm -hmm. walkthrough. Walk then you through. charge for inspections. So that's three mm -hmm. additional revenue We streams. also what charge for lease-ups. When we go to release a property, we walk okay. through the property again to make sure we want to release that tenant for another year. Okay, we do that. And then um, we charge for the, the owner the paperwork for doing the lease paperwork. When we have to go and post three-day notices, the tenant's late with their rent, which for us doesn't happen very often, but when we have to do that, guess what? We charge the tenant our time for going to post the notice. Okay. okay. That's, that's cool. So that's five different revenue streams. Yes. And then In addition I, to your management fee. Right. And okay. then on top of that, I do um, one-time lease-ups. So a lot of property management companies in my area don't like to do it. It is a significant part of my business. It's at least 20% of my annual revenue is doing one-time lease-ups. And I've got it down to a science. We have procedures, processes, so that it's flawless, so that you don't end up su with surprises. The owners love the tenants that we place. So that's, uh, sorry to interrupt, Kathleen. This is additional, this is a different product, not mm -hmm. a revenue stream. This is a product in itself. Because mm -hmm. you have a management product and you have a lease-up product, uh -huh. correct? Okay, gotcha, go mm -hmm. ahead, I'm sorry. And then I have a whole separate thing called concierge services. So those are for owners that like to manage the property themselves. Maybe they have a granny unit on the property. They live on the property themselves, and they want to rent it out. So what they do is they advertise and show the property. I act as their back office. Mm. So they, we process the applicant. We never meet the, the applicant or tenant. The owner shows the property. I check the ad before they put it out there to make sure it's not violating fair housing or anything like that. And then when they get an applicant that they like, they send me the applications, we run the credit, we process them, we tell them if it's a yes or a no, okay? And if the owner, we decide to approve them, then we do the lease paperwork and then we give it to the owner and the owner signs the lease with the tenant directly and we charge a fee for that. I also charge fees for um, doing, if we've done a tenant placement, that one-time thing, if the tenant gives their notice to move out, say three years later, I do the move out because I put the tenant in there. I did the move-in report. I took the photos. I know what the property looked like. So we do, I charge a separate service to move the tenant out and return their security deposit within the legal time frame. And we have our process and procedures for that. So. I've developed lots of different revenue streams. 
Um, a colleague in my area years ago would tease me because I'd come up with these ideas all the time for a new revenue stream. And he'd go, oh, there's another revenue stream, Kathleen. It would affectionately tease me. I would do things. Um, people were scared to raise their prices. People were scared to do you know, these different programs. We also charge an annual administrative fee because I don't raise my fees every year necessarily. I do it every couple years, but I don't raise my fees every year. And um, we do a one-time administrative fee for the owner. Not So if I have an owner that has 10 properties, they get charged one fee. If I have an owner that has one property, they get charged that one fee. So it's a way for us to kind of cover our overhead when gas prices start going up or postage goes up or, you know, little things like that without having to raise our prices every year. Well, let me ask you a question. So it sounds it sounds very good. Actually, it sounds, it sounds – so you have a competitive management fee. And then depending on the level uh, of – the involvement or level of service your owner wants to get, they can buy other stuff from you? Yes. Or they can just stick with the management fee and 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 you know just stay within the, so they within only, the basic confines of the service. They only pay for the services that they use. Right. So the way I liken it is I tell people, depending upon your market, you know, if you're in Mill Valley or, or San Rafael or Palo Alto, um, how I would structure my business there is I would probably have a flat fee it's all inclusive. So it's like a club med style because the high tech people aren't going to want to feel like they're being nickeled and dimed and they're, they just want to pay the fee and you handle everything. Okay, well, make sure your fee's high enough to cover everything. And then that's a great strategy where I'm at a little coastal community town. People, that would not work. That, that, that style of business wouldn't work. So what I do is it's more of the Lonely Planet backpacker here's the different prices and you get to pick and choose you only pay for the services you need as you go along and so that has worked really really well for us and it's allowed me consistently over the years to grow my business minimum 20 percent every year gotcha so there i guess what i'm hearing kathleen depending on where you are mm-hmm. where your location is you got to figure out what you the makeup of your potential clientele and that's kind of the beauty of property management is because you have a a map, a farm, a territory, a, a, a region that that you you know what the socioeconomic makeup of your clientele is. You know if there's retirees for the most part. You know if it's you know student market, uh, uh, high tech as you said, or you know simply you know a, a factory workers in, in Detroit. Let's mm-hmm. just say in, in a blue collar. So just depending on what your socioeconomic makeup is, you can kind of get ahead of the curve review your competitors pricing mm-hmm. but also come up with some of these innovative innovative pricing matrices and strategies such as may potentially a, a flat fee for property management and then additional services a, per, a lower percentage for property management than additional services mm-hmm. a one flat fee that will cater to a more affluent market that you know includes taking care of their home and all these auxiliary services you know call it a gold package platinum package whatever yep. and that's what i've done too exactly. i initially had packages and then i found that people kept always selecting one package so i then did away with the other packages and 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 this evolves over time i'm a big believer in when you go to conferences you get tons of ideas from people all over the place i will try something i give it a shot for a year 
And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, okay, then we try something else. I mean, sometimes you don't know until you try, but look and see what your competitors are doing. Look and see what they aren't doing. What can you feel in that segment of the market? And that's how my whole concierge program came about. That's how my maintenance department came about because the other property managers in my area do not have an in-house maintenance department. So that's huge for me to really be on top of maintenance with my owners. Um, my concierge services came about from teaching my classes at the colleges. The um, These are owners that manage properties themselves kept asking for certain, certain do you offer this? Do you offer this? You, so finally I'm like, well, why not? Right. So that's how I came about offering separate services that cater to people of all different levels so that I can kind of cast out the widest net and, and get as much varied business as I can. Um, another thing that you're gonna wanna do as a newbie is um, if you don't do sales, I made a conscious decision. I am an expert at property management. I don't do sales, I don't do mortgages, I don't do other things, right? And so I courted other realtors in my area as well as vendors that I form partnerships with and I give referral fees to people when they refer business to me. And if they're not a licensed realtor, you can't necessarily give them money, but I will give, like my vendors, I'll give them a $100 gas card. Well, you know, a contractor that's driving his truck around loves it, right? So you, you do those things and people refer business to you. So my carpet cleaner refers a ton of business to me. Why? Because he's out cleaning carpets and he's talking with the owners of, oh, is this property going to be sold? Oh, no, it's a rental. Oh, are you managing it yourself? Oh, I got a great property manager. So I get a lot of business that way. So try to build your relationships with vendors that you're going to use, with realtors in your area. And if the realtors, if, again, if you're not doing sales, they're not going to be afraid to refer people to you. So they're not going to be fearful that you're then going to take that client down the line someday and maybe sell the property. So that will help kind of build your business too. Gotcha. All right, perfect. So I think we pretty much covered how to set up a management fee. At least we we'll put a framework together for people to, to kind of uh, – um, if they're taking notes, uh, they can probably go out there right now, pause the show, and go ahead and set up their pri- uh, price pricing matrix, do some bit of research, and start get started with that. Um, but let's shift gears and talk about building a team. So now we have a pricing, we have a website. You know, um, I'm, it's still just one person, right? It's still just me running the shop. Right. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of a m- momentum going. You know, I've done the pricing right. Uh, you know, my business looking pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm in the right market. I'm gaining properties. Tell me tell me how to start. Uh, how, how do you build a team? Where, where do you start and when do you start? Okay, so I would say at the get-go, um, part of your team um, you need to think about as a property manager, the people that are going to make you look really good and are going to make your life easy are the vendors. So you've got to build relationships with vendors before you get that plumbing emergency call or before the tree falls through the roof after a storm. So while you're building your business and you've got some time, um, start contacting vendors. Start you know, getting them on your team because that's going to be huge um, of saving you a ton of time. Okay, aside from that, you get to the point where you're starting to actually make some money and you're starting to kind of juggle and you're finding that you're working, you know, 10 plus hours a day, seven days a week, you are at the point now where you need to hire an assistant. 
So look at what are the things that are taking the most time from you. So I hired, I had a a part-time assistant and she would do the showings for me. Now some some property management companies don't personally show. They have a lockbox on the property and the, the applicant comes in and gives their credit card or driver's license, gets the code or key or whatever and goes out and looks at the property. And I know property managers have done that forever and swear by it because you save a lot on the payroll of someone showing and all of that. Um, that's not how I do it. It just kind of goes against my philosophy. I'm such a worry ward of all the things that could go wrong. Um, so I had someone showing the property along with myself. Okay. Um, then I also had them start, I trained that person to start doing the leases and the paperwork and the things that take some of your administrative time. So that freed me up to keep going out on those calls to get business, right? And then um, eventually that person kind of grew into a full-time person. So you started with an assistant, Mm -hmm. and they were kind of just like you, shadowing you, doing everything, you were teaching them as you go on. Mm -hmm. And then what what was their first, what was the first like real job that they were responsible for? Like they turned into what? Well, my assistant, when I bought- Property manager? When my assistant, when I bought the business, the assistant, she just finished taking her classes to get her real estate license, so I paid for her to finish up that process. Um, so after she went through and did the showings and all the paperwork, then I would have her do the lease signings with the applicants. I'd have her process everything. So I started, she became like an assistant property manager, okay? I still signed off, I still approved the applicants, as the broker, you have the oversight of everything. Um, I still went out on the sales calls. At the time, I still did the move-in, move-out reports. Eventually, I transitioned and had her do the move-in reports. I had her taking the photos and uploading them onto Craigslist and, and posting the advertising. So as she kind of grew into her position. Um, and then the other thing... Um, that I think is really huge for people in kind of building your team that I just want to diverge a little bit Mm -hmm. is 10 years ago, we didn't have the technology we have today. Craigslist had just come out um, and not everybody was using Craigslist. You still kind of had to put ads in the paper and so forth. Uh, I have to say there are still some markets. I have personal rentals in the Sierras here in California. I, every time I get a turnover, I try to put it on Craigslist and nobody rents. I still have to put my ad in the little local newspaper for the town. That's the only way I can rent mm. the property, okay? Cool. And we're almost in 2016. So you need to know your market, okay? Right. But having said that, initially I would spend a full day, two days, doing the owner statements each month. With technology now, it literally takes us two hours. Because we email the statements, the money's auto-deposited in the owner's bank accounts. So even as a sole proprietor, you are the one person, make sure that you spend, invest in technology. Invest in technology. Yes. And I know that. sometimes people go, yeah, but it's expensive. That's where the money mindset comes back. How much is your time worth? You need to be money-wise because you can't do everything yourself. So as you build your team, you need to partner with people that are going to help you get out on the social media stuff and do your marketing. And, and, you know, you guys have helped me with my business for that for years. I have a concept of technology. Yeah, I probably could have muddled through it myself, but I'm not an expert at that. And I truly believe when I sell my services to owners, 
I am the expert of property management. So if I'm going to live my truth of what I really believe in, I'm going to hire the expert. I hire you to do my, my marketing, right? I hire the right people from my technology to help me with my owner statements. And in the end, I can tell you, it will save you a ton of time. It allows you to get more business, which will bring in more money. It allows you to have time to think about developing new sales programs that you want to offer your clients. So if you get bogged down in the minutia of you're sitting there typing all the leases yourself and you're running out and doing all the showings and you're trying to develop your own website and post everything to social media, when are you going to have time to grow your business? You aren't. And you're just going to get burnt out and then you know, either leave the business because you just can't handle it anymore and you're not making enough money. So you, you need to be smart and thinking about your team. So you have your vendors, you have technology, you get somebody that can help you initially just on a part-time basis, okay? And that could be another realtor. Look around, you know, get a, a, someone that's competent that knows, you know, the real estate industry software to use for leases and things like that. Um, they're used to working on commission, and there's quite a few struggling realtors out yeah. there, isn't there, that, that are potentially willing to look at their career uh, uh, augmentation or change. Right. And they don't necessarily have to give up doing sales. No. Right. But they Not can help you right? part time, you know. Yeah. And so that's a big thing. And then um, over time, you just slowly start to kind of build your team. I have someone, I have a realtor friend of mine that does my pre-inspection move outs. I don't do that myself. Why? Because... Uh, and, and for those that may be new, pre-inspection move out in California at least is required by law that you offer a tenant when they give you 30-day notice or you give them notice that within the last two weeks of their occupancy, you have to offer them the opportunity to walk through the property and tell them all the things they need to do upon their move out to get their deposit back. They legally do not have to um, do it, but you have to legally offer it to them. So. I don't go do that with them because I don't want to hear in my ears. I'm walking around with them. Oh, what was like this when I moved in? No, no, that that doesn't matter. I'm just here to tell you what you need to do to get your money back, right? So I hire a realtor friend of mine, and she goes out and she does all those for me, and I pay her to do it, and it's been huge because the tenants that avail themselves of that, right? Nine times out of ten, they get their full deposit back. How awesome is that? What does that mean? That means I'm not spending my maintenance department's time turning over that unit. It also means that somebody can move in the next day. And it also means a potential five-star review for your company, isn't it? Yeah. From a tenant that is happy. And, and where we do, I mean, there are times where if we do need to hold something back, we absolutely do. But because of the processes we have in place, in the 10 years I've been a property manager, I have never once had a tenant come back to me and threaten to take me to small claims court because we document so well. We take the photos, everything, yeah. yeah. But that takes time, too. So, you know, you have my company set up departmentally. So in talking about a team, too, think at the onset how you want to set up your company. Do you want to be portfolio-based, which means you hire a licensed salesperson to to be your property manager, and they manage the full spectrum of everything, the maintenance, everything, and they're typically on commission, a percentage of the portfolio they manage, that's their income. I decided to go departmental. So I have a maintenance department, an accounting department, a leasing department, an office manager, 
and I'm the broker. And I did it that way because I believe it's very difficult for, it's rare to find people that are good at everything. You have people that are really good at the accounting. You have people that are amazing at the advertising and leasing and, and processing of, of, of getting good tenants. They just, they're really good at that. You have other people that are, you know, really good at, at the maintenance side of things. It's hard to find someone that can really oversee the whole process well. Um, the other reason why I did it, to be honest, a little self-preservation on my part, is no matter how many documents you have your portfolio property manager sign saying that the business is yours if they left to set up their own shop I can't prevent my owners from following them yeah. and now they've just taken a huge you know 25% of my business out the door with them um, I could you know protest it but in reality if the owner wants to follow them the owner's going to follow them so I have departmental and, and in my mind there's better efficiencies with that too and we have specific processes for that department um if you attend any of the NARPM trade shows, um, there's vendors there that sell products that help you set up your office systems. You know, they've already done all the paperwork for you, the letters and the procedures, and you can go in and modify it. And as a newbie person, I would recommend doing that. I did that. And it was huge because I didn't have to think about all the job descriptions. I could go in. That Gene Storms? Gene Storms, What's landlord company, source. Landlord source. So that's that's a good tip from Kathleen. For Amazing. Yep. I bought all of her products. And I've gone in, you know, exit interviews and, you know, offer letters and performance appraisals. And, I mean, they're all created there. You can go in and edit them. So I have the policies and procedures. Um, it helped me set up a base structure of my company at the get-go, right? Um, it also allows, a little tip there is when you go to get insurance, they always ask the question on insurance for your E&O and liability, do you have policy and procedure manual? Yes, I do, so I get a discount on my insurance. Mm. Really cool, so so by the way, we're coming to, to a tail, uh, tail end here, so let's kind of finish with this, Kathleen, and by the way, um, this was really amazing coverage, and I think we can dig into each one of these points and, and spend a lot more time on them. But um, I think a next conversation um, we should have is I'm going to invite someone that is a pro portfolio structure because I have some mm-hmm. strong portfolio believers. Yes. Folks that think that that's kind of the only way to really scale the business, you are more on the departmental side. Mm-hmm. I can see both truths. And in fact, if implemented properly, ran by the right people, I think both systems would work. Mm-hmm. But some would fit people better mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons personality, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, time uh, that they want to invest in the business, uh, uh, how how fast they want to grow, how much they want to grow, whether it's profitability or just top line growth importance. So all these have the factors that I want to... As well as, let me interrupt real quick, Um, again, going back to your locale and who your pool of employees are. Now, if my property management business was in Palo Alto, I'd probably be more portfolio-based. I'm in Santa Cruz. So... Um, the demographics and the employability and finding a property manager. Ah, that's, that's a really good point, it's too. It's a really good point because I tried that. I tried going portfolio, and it did not work for me. And so then I, I went kind of reorged and went with the departmental, and that seems to work better, 
again from my marketplace so what I'm there's no right or wrong way of doing anything um, you just need to kind of look at your market and that's why I say look and see what your competitors are doing right because especially if they've been in the business a while they've probably tried a few things here and there and then look and see maybe how you might want to come in um, copying maybe some of the things that they're doing or you know emulating some of the things they're doing and then what you could do different to differentiate yourself in the marketplace to make your services you stand out from everyone else gotcha yep so uh, i really want to thank you for your time kathleen and tell people where they can find you uh if they want if they have a question or they want a coaching session from you where would they go Okay, so for coaching services, you can go to the propertymanagementcoach.com. And um, my company, if you're ever in the Santa Cruz area and you're looking for business there, we're called, um, our business there is um, the uh, Portola Property Management. Yeah, it took you a little bit of time to. to yeah, our website, <laughs> our website there is portolarentals.com. All right, Kathleen, of course, this is Alex with fourandhalf.com. We do property management marketing services. And uh, we both want to thank you for your time and hope you found this topic useful. See you next time.